ironoverload.io presents Iron Overload No Bullshit Podcast with your co-host Steve from the American Underground and Mobster from the UK Iron Den. Get ready for the UG info like you've never heard before. No bullshit, no lies, straight hardcore truth. A bodybuilding podcast like you never heard before. And here we go. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, Iron Overload Hardcore episode 14. We're chugging right along here. Today we're going to be talking about how to stack Inovar in T-Bowl. Steve here in the Mobster. How's it going, buddy? Oi, oi. As always, guys, honest, straightforward information. No bullshit. Let's rock and roll. So this cycle is definitely a compound. Um, both compounds are definitely kind of similar um, structurally. And we're going to talk about what separates them, how to use them. I, I, I like this cycle a lot for cutting. I like this cycle a lot for recomp. So, you know, oral-only cycles. A lot of people out there, um, they don't like oral-only cycles. And it's justifiable why. You know, you got to take these tablets every day. And then with injectables, you just got to inject it once or twice a week. You're good to go. So a lot of people don't like the hassle of taking orals every day. But... You know, can you use oral-only cycles? Absolutely. There really isn't anything wrong with running an oral-only cycle if you run it correctly. So on this podcast, we're going to show you and we're going to tell you exactly how to run Anamar and T-Bowl effectively. And this way you don't have to use needles. So let's talk about each each compound here. Anamar, first of all, great compound, great for cutting. Very underrated for strength. Very, very underrated for strength. I've gotten stronger on Anavar. Yeah. The pumps on Anavar are like no <laughs> other steroid. Pumps are incredible. <laughs> back pumps. If you're trying to do a lot of cardio on Anavar, look for the back pumps. So with Anavar, if you if you want to do cardio, you want to do short intervals of cardio. You don't want to do long intervals of cardio. So Anavar is one of those. Doesn't aromatize into estrogen. It's a DHT compound but it doesn't come with a lot of side effects and structurally it can help you burn fat as well. It's one of the only steroids out there that can structurally actually help you burn stomach fat. So really interesting compound. Let me, uh, yep. Let me jump. Let me, yeah. Let me, let me jump in Steve with that, that, that Anavar story that I've told you. Okay guys. So how bad can the pumps be? 50 milligrams a day back in the day for a strength, as Steve said, a great strength target really is. But how bad have the pumps been? So I've put on a few pounds on cycle and I'm living in Gloucester, England. And I decided to walk the town, town from where I lived. It's part of the whole city, but the center of town is 10 minute walk, Steve. It took me half an hour and it took me half an hour, guys, 30 minutes because I had to stop every 10 minutes and massage my shins. One of the guys I knew from the local gym had one of those disability mobility uh, carriages that you sometimes see, the little electric things. And he literally offered me a lift into town. I think I weighed 290 pounds at the time, Steve. The pumps were so bad that I was sitting down at bus stops or sitting down on walls and massaging my shins, trying to get the pump to go away. And I was just walking to town. And it was just as bad walking back. Now, it's, a, it's, it's, it's kind of a cool side effect if you want to pump, but it's really annoying if you don't. And like I said, I've trained, I've done my weights, 
and then I'm walking into town, Steve, on nothing else, just 50 milligrams a day of Anavar. It was just crazy. Kettlebell swings, which are great conditioning tool, lower back pumps from hell. Some guys, if they do high volume, which is especially good in these cutting cycles we'll be talking about in a minute, with the T-ball, higher volume, uh, more pump type training. doesn't have to be super heavy, especially if you're looking to get lean. This is a great cycle for getting lean. You might do a slightly higher volume on deadlifts. You might do a slightly higher volume on, on back work and the lower back pumps. They can actually be almost disabling, Steve. So, yeah, be warned, but at the same time, positives, the damn drug's working and you've got legit Anavar. You know you've got legit Anavar because of those pumps. You know that the product's working because you've got those pumps. So positive and negative, Steve. There are ways of dealing, of course, with regards to taurine, and obviously you can hydrate, and we're going to talk about organ protections as well. So don't think, guys, sometimes it's horrible pumps. It's not your liver or your kidneys failing. It's just the pump from hell. Back to you, Steve. So with, you know, talk about Taranabol. So now Anavar is one of the most popular orals out there. I would say it's number yes. two. There was a poll done, and it was number two most popular oral behind Debol, which we'll be talking about in a future podcast. One oral that's not even in the top ten of Should all be. steroids is yes. Taranabol, T-Bol. And Taranabol is very underrated. A lot of people don't know about it. A lot of people spread a lot of misinformation about it yeah. and just to be clear um it does not aromatize into estrogen it's structured that way and it's very very mild um so tyranobol also is a tremendous steroid when it comes to giving you pumps and the t-ball pumps are really fun um i know <laughs> the with the t-ball pumps my calves and my biceps when i'm training them really really get the, you know, the blood kind of flows into the muscle. So, so I just want to explain though, the difference between a pump and a cramp, because a lot of people don't understand the difference and it, also inflammation. We see a lot of people who say shin, shin pumps or shin yeah. splints are the same thing. And they're not shin splints not. are in inflammation. Basically you'll feel it like along your bone in between your bones and your soft tissues and in, in your legs or in your forearms, even you get those splints and those, and that's yeah. inflammation. That's irritation and inflammation. Pumps are basically blood and nutrients flowing into the muscle. And these anabolic steroids, some of them are really, really good at increasing that pump. So the pump goes into the muscle and it causes your muscles to expand like a balloon. Okay. Yeah. And that's that feeling you get when you're doing your biceps or you're working your calves or something. And you feel those, those crazy pumps and the, the veins are popping out of your skin. It's an incredible feeling. Cramps, on the other hand, those are completely different. Cramps are basically usually caused by dehydration, electrolyte imbalance, and you'll have cramps. Uh, cramps are basically where your muscle just kind of like gets squeezed and basically hardens up. And, um, you know, I've had really bad cramps before, calf cramps, and I wake up in the middle of the night. And a lot of times I mean, it can be yeah. caused by just the way you're sleeping. You're sleeping weird on it, or maybe you didn't dehydrate enough that day so you wake up in all night and your calf is like squeeze like it's basically just squeezing it's almost like a ghost is grabbing your calf and squeezing it hard and those hurt so those are the, you know those are the differences between the three just so you understand when you experience it i think a lot of you are nodding your head right now you're like yeah i've experienced each one of those things well now you know the correct definition of what they are so 
when you're running these compounds, it's very important to realize that that this is going to happen. And a lot of people get confused when they start feeling this. So, um, so with me, um, Anavar gives me lower back pumps, and and the T ball gives me pumps in my calves and in my biceps the most. So, yeah, Mobster, chime in there, and we'll get into kind of the dosages and the lengths. Two two thoughts on the T on the T ball, Anavar guys. But number one, that Steve's already mentioned. If you look at I'm, I'm talking from Llewellyn's book on anabolics through to pretty much every steroid guru or steroid coach or steroid advisor, whatever you want to call him, every single one of those rates Tyranobol higher as an effective drug than the cells would indicate. So it's like Steve said, if, you know, if is number two and Debo is number one, Tyranobol is like number 10 and sometimes not even in the top 10. And yet every single guru we we research for these podcasts. We remind ourselves and refresh our memories. And we look at Tyranobol and we go, this should be more popular. This should be more used. It should sell more. And uh, that that's just so true. It should be more highly rated and sell more than it does, possibly because they don't get great gains. Users don't put on pounds of muscle. And again, it's especially true of our, our younger listeners. When you're wanting to put on mass, Tyranobol is not a drug for putting on mass. And in fact, the second part of what I was going to talk about, Steve, was the East German thing. The whole, it actually had a Stasi name associated with it. And the number, I think Steve had a reference for an article that he put together. And um, it was specifically created for performance enhancing by the East German Olympic and athletic uh, lifters and uh, athletes. So they compete in athletic games as well as uh, the Olympic games. And it, the idea was that it was at that time relatively undetectable. That's not the case now, but also that they wanted a performance enhancement. So that is, if you're putting a shot, the, the shot goes further. If you're throwing a discus, it goes further. Throwing a javelin, it goes further. If you're using it for weights, you're lifting more weights. So it was very much a performance enhancement. However, and we will get into the side effects, there, there was issues at that time with the state sponsorship, East German state sponsorship, of their athletes in drug use. And that's when we started to see side effects, especially in the female athletes. And now we will address us the, the, the uh, we're not using it that purpose. We're not doing crazy other silly drugs. But the purpose of these podcasts is to give you sensible, solid advice. So you don't need to use crazy drugs and you're not being sponsored by the East German state guys. So you, and we also know about the side effects. So we can work on negating those things. We can work on the issues that come with orals, and we can make sure that you don't, especially with the ladies that are listening, Anavar is a great drug. Tyranobol is not, not for you ladies. Uh, whereas uh, for the guys, it's fine. So, and I say that again with, res with respect to any potential side effects and use of oral steroids over injectables. So keep that stuff in mind. But as I, said, I think this is possibly, Steve, the only state-sponsored, state-researched drug that was specifically made for performance enhancement and not for medical reasons. Isn't that not correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of all the drugs that we discuss on these things, guys, most of the drugs, I would say 99% of drugs that we talk about on these podcasts were created for pharmaceutical, by pharmaceutical companies to treat medical conditions. Teratobol was one that was not. It was the, the one, to the best of my knowledge, with a possible uh, exception, including the clear and other drugs that would come out of the Balco scandal, which were more... Uh, yep. masked drugs than they were necessarily unique drugs. So Ranibal was the one 
certainly the first one that was created specifically for performance enhancement. So there you go, guys. It's not it's not often that governments and states come together and decide that they're going to create a drug to make you better at running, throwing, putting a shot, and so on and so forth. This is the one and only. But again, we're going to get into the side effects. We're going to get into how to deal with the side effects, obviously, with regards to the pumps, which we've already discussed, protecting your organs when it comes to using oral steroids full stop. And obviously, as we discussed already, the purpose of this particular cycle it is another cutting cycle. These are both dry drugs. You will not put on a lot of weight, if anything, but you should see, combined with a diet, combined with great training, a drying out, a dropping of body fat, and your muscles will start to pop. Back to you, Steve. So let's kind of get into dosages and length of cycle. So when you run into orals like this, these are both orals that are liver toxic. We're going to get into the liver toxicity in a second. But, you know, when you're running two orals like this together, if you're running just one at, say, 50 milligrams. Yes. Versus running two at 25 milligrams each, are you going to get more liver toxicity than not? In this case, they both are pretty close when it comes to liver toxicity. So, you know, all you have to do is just drop the dosage a little bit if you're worried about liver toxicity. So I don't understand what the big deal is, why people say, oh, yeah, you can't stock, you can't stack two orals together. Well, yeah, you can if you run them properly. So in this case, a really simple cycle would be 25 milligrams of Anavar, 25 milligrams of Hebel together. And you'd run it for about six weeks. You can push seven weeks. You can push even eight weeks if your liver is in good shape. And, you know, you'll get good results on that. Now, you can also go a little higher. You could go with the T-ball 30, 40 milligrams. And you could go with the Anavar 50 milligrams if you really want to be aggressive. Um, and I think you'll be okay as long as you really take care of your liver, guys. Drinking alcohol is absolutely horrible for your liver. Eating processed foods is horrible on your entire body, not, not just your liver, your entire body. Alcohol is, is horrible on your entire body. Recreational drug use, horrible on your entire body, including your liver. So if you eat healthy, you take care of your liver, you don't drink alcohol, you should be fine running these at more aggressive dosaging, uh, 50 milligrams of Anavar and then 30, 40 milligrams of T-Bowl a day should be fine. But if you abuse your body, you shouldn't be running these in the first place. So I don't yes. really get that concept either where people say, well, you have, let's have a drink once a week. It's not going to hurt me. No, it actually will hurt you. And we have studies to show that it will hurt you. Just think of it this way. Up. You're doubling up, aren't you, Steve? You're, listen, guys, we're, we're not your mom or your dad. Right? And I, I like to give solid-ass advice all the time, right? So you go, if I want a beer on a Saturday night, I'll have a beer on a Saturday night. Fine. The trouble is, most of you guys, it's not one beer. It's going to be several beers. You're out with your buddies. You're sitting at a barbecue. You're going to have three, four beers. Now you're getting into the issue of oral steroids at the same time, or anabolic steroids, injectables included, but orals, because that's what we're talking about today, as well as those beers. So you're doubling up. If you just have a few beers, you're probably going to be fine. But if you have a few beers and you use oral steroids, you're doubling up. It's as simple as that. Something else that's very important here, Steve, especially when it comes to T-Bolt, and, and for that matter, Anavar, the dosages we're talking about are male dosages. They're for men. Uh, we, we, we're we big fans of using Anavar, for example, for women, but a much lower dosage, 5, 10, at the most 20 milligrams. And T-Bowl, uh, we've got another this article that we will link to, guys, with the this description for this podcast. T-Bowl, 
a much, much, much lower dose for the ladies. It can be used, but effectively we're talking about two and a half to seven and a half milligrams a day, max. And in fact, in this particular example, Steve, I would probably prefer, especially a first-time user, female user, especially if she's non-competitive and she's just looking to get in shape, I would probably say just Anavar. But well, because we're talking about this as a cutting cycle, the dosages that we're talking about, the way that Steve said is quite correct, what you would take singularly might be, for example, a great dose for Anavar on its own is 50 milligrams. But when you're combining these two together, and especially if it's a first cycle, it's the first time you've looked at this cycle, the first time you listen to this podcast, half the dosages of each, and then see how you respond. And just Steve said, the next, you can even tweak during a cycle, but I'm a much bigger fan of tweaking the next time you run. You don't have to gain all that muscle and all that strength the first time out. There's always going to be another cycle. There's always going to be another opportunity. Um, you know, unless it's some, some crazy 100,000-pound modeling gig where you absolutely must be in shape for the day, or one that we talked about in podcast before, Steve, is the idea of why is it that film stars get into shape? Well, they get into shape because it's a 15 million, $15 million payday. It's a $25 million payday. Then it's super, super important. And if you've got... Steve, me or myself coaching you, if you've got someone on the forums helping you get in the shape for a movie, then we're talking about a super important, really, really big deal. But for most of you, it's going to be about getting into shape for a wedding or getting into shape for the beach. So you don't have to go absolutely crazy and use the maximum dosages. In fact, on that particular subject, Steve, very quickly, right, sometimes on the forums and on this podcast, when people are responding to what they've listened to, they'll say, what's the maximum dose that I can run? That should never be your approach, guys. I would actually go into, go two ways. What's the least I can run and get a great response from? Or, and I actually had this conversation with a, a sports registered nutritionist here in the UK once before. What's the optimal dosage? And that's what we tend to talk about on these on these podcasts, Steve. As you know, we tend to talk about the best or most optimal dose for a cycle for the majority of people that are listening. Now, some of you might need to run a little bit more. Some of you might just prefer to run a little bit more and a few of you less. This is what we're going to say, the average typical user. So when we talk about 25 milligrams, when we talk about 50 milligrams solo, those are the dosages that work for the majority of people in most examples, in most situations with regards to health, with regards to body fat, with regards to condition, with regards to how effective you are with your diet and your training and so on and so forth. So again, ladies, much, much, much lower dosages especially with T-Bowl, because we're talking about potential for virilization. That's hair on the face, deepening the voice, losing your boobs, girls, and so on. With regards to guys, the dosages are much more, as we were put in this article, I would say probably the sweet spot for both these drugs is around 25 milligrams each. But again, you can tweak that either during the cycle to get a little bit drier, or I would my personal preference would be for the next time, for the next cycle. Because how many of you are going to do one cycle? Almost, almost none of you. Almost, almost ninety percent of our listeners are going to do another cycle at some point in the future. And you can go back and look at how you responded on this cycle with the doses that we're talking about and tweak them. And as, as that regards to side effects, regards to how great you, much fat you lost, how great your strength increase was, and so on and so forth. That's the sort of advice we would give if we were coaching you especially, but it's a great sort of advice that we like to include in these podcasting. All right. So here, here's the bottom line with this stack. Uh, 
I really, I really like this stack because one of the reasons I like doing this type of stack like this is that the side effects are going to be low and yep. also the recovery is going to be quick. So when you cycle on, let's say you go six weeks, you do a, a PC, a four week PCT, and then you're going to recover. You're going to rebound pretty quick off of this. If you run an injectable cycle, that's 12, 14 weeks, you're going to be shut down a much longer. It's going to be much harder for your body to recover. So these orals are in your system quicker and they're out of your system quicker. So your body can start the recovery process. So it's really nice to run a cycle like this if you're worried about recovery as well. And we had mentioned that earlier. One of the things too with the side effects is they are both liver toxic. You do need liver support on this. So the best yes. liver support supplement out there, N2Garb. It's got six or seven great liver sup supplements within the formula, which is 44, 45 different ingredients, right? It's got a bunch yeah. of things for your kidneys as well because your kidneys also get stressed to hell when you're running anabolic steroids. I don't care if it's an injectable or oral, it's going to get stressed. So it's going to help your heart health. It's going to help everything across the board. It's going to help your prostate, everything. So it's really important to run the N2Guard. The one key with N2Guard, and I've said this a million times, don't run these orals at the same time. Don't take the orals at the same time as the N2Guard. Meaning if you take the if they take, you take your orals at 9 a.m., don't take N2Guard within 90 minutes, either before or after. Because the N2 guard can affect the how you know the absorption of your oral. So you want to take them separate at least 90 minutes, two hours just to be safe would be perfect. So if you take yeah, the orals at 9 a.m., take the N2 guard after 11 a.m. and you'll be good to go. So don't take them at the same time. That's the only thing uh, um, I would suggest on that one. So very important to run the N2 guard with it to keep your liver healthy. Very important to get blood work, pre-cycle blood work. Make sure your liver is healthy before you run any anabolic steroid. And make sure you stay the fuck away from alcohol. Stay the hell away from processed foods, refined flours, refined oils, refined sugars. All that shit doesn't belong in the body, guys. You want to put stuff in your body that is very important. And this is, this is a diet tip that I'm going to share with you guys. Our DNA has been evolved for 2.5 million years. So you want to be eating the foods that we've been eating for 2.5 million years. You don't want to be eating the foods that we've just introduced three generations yeah. ago, thanks to factories. Yeah. Factory food, anything made in a factory, you don't want to put in your body. Even protein powder made in a factory. And all this shit, protein bars, protein powders, weight gainers, all this shit's made in a factory, right? You don't want to put that shit in your body. You want to stick to natural, natural supplements, natural herbals, natural things found in nature. Tutkas naturally found in nature. Creatine is naturally found in nature. Those are fine. Fidosia, tribulus, naturally found in nature. Those are fine. Those come from plants. But things made in a factory you don't want to put in your body. Foods, refined oils, it's in everything. In America, it's in everything. I don't know about Britain, but every restaurant in America uses refined oils. They put it in their food. So if you want to have the greatest success on these steroid cycles and off, you want to stay away from processed shit. You know, eat whole natural foods and you'll have, you'll feel great. You'll sleep great. You'll have better results. You'll get stronger. You'll lose more fat and you'll gain more muscle by sticking to a natural whole food diet from things that actually come from the, if it, if it comes with a label, if it comes with a barcode mob, mob, mobster, don't put it in your body. <laughs> There's a barcode yeah. on it. Don't put it in your body. You know what I'm saying? So give me a, think about that, give guys. Me an example, so here in the UK and in some of the sources that you have over there in the States, and if you go, guys, 
in America way more than we do in the UK, although we do tend to follow the pattern. You eat out a lot, and a lot of places will give you uh, sauces as, as a side dish or on, on the food. They'll give you some fantastically healthy chicken, and then they'll coat it in sauces. That can enhance the fluff. I mean, it's just beautiful. It enhances the flavor. But what's in the sauce? Two things, and that's on both sides of the ocean, Steve. Glucose syrup and sugar. And they're kind of real, real close, and they're both real, real bad for you. Um, Monosodium glutamate is small amounts vis-a-vis -vis Chinese food. Same thing again. A small amounts is not so bad, but again, if you're eating out more, flavor enhances, the stabilizers, and so on and so forth. I like protein powder. Steve does not. But I use unflavored. There is no sweetener. There's no coloring. There's no flavoring. And I've got 20 kilograms here, and it's got nothing in it. Except I think a stable, I think a single like a uh, emulsifier, soy lysifin or lysifin. Yeah, it's minimally it processed. So minimally processed. Like if I want if I want a cookie, like one shake a day, Steve. One shake a day. If it I want to eat a cookie, there's cookies out there that are minimally processed that have like yeah. four ingredients in them that I'll eat. The, the ingredients come from fruit. So is it the best thing in the world? No. Yeah. But if I want to have a cookie every now and then, I'll get the minimally processed cookie. I won't get Healthy the cookie in a cardboard yes. box that has sugar as the first ingredient, has 30 grams of sugar. No. So, you know, you want to basically, if you're going to eat things out of a, from a factory, minimally processed always and stick to minimally processed. And so mobster, finish that thought. And I'm going to talk about a training tip. And then you're going to talk well, actually, about actually, I was going to get into that next, Steve. I was going yeah, to hit it, about hit it, training. yeah. Listen, guys, so we've just recorded another podcast with one, uh, Anavar and Winstrow. And in that podcast, I will repeat what we talked about because it's important for this. This is another cutting, another drying cycle, guys. So whether you're male or female, you're looking to get in a shape on the cycle. You are looking to get lean. You're, you're looking to have those muscles pop. So one of the pieces of advice I gave, my piece of advice, was stick to the program now we've just talked about fast food we just talked about bad healthy habits and here, here's the point guys you're putting a drug into your body and in your mind you're looking to be as hard beach ready ripped to fuck oh my god look at his abs look at the striations that tricep is popping i want to see all that stuff happening that's the reason why i'm on this cycle but here's also the reality there are a million things out there in your house in the gym, when you're driving in your car, there's a ton of signs. We get the same over here as you do, Steve. We see that big golden arch. We know we're hungry right now. I used to have this terrible habit, Steve, back in the day. I would take the bus home from work. And if I had to change buses at the Elephant the Castle, there was a burger van at the Elephant the Castle. And I could smell those burgers from the bus stop. And on more than one occasion, I would buy a fucking burger and eat it while I was waiting for the bus. And then when I get indoors and my girlfriend at the time has cooked dinner and I wasn't ready for dinner because I've already fucking eaten. So, guys, I get the temptation. I wasn't trying to get into shape then, but you are. You're listening to this podcast because you want to get dry and ripped and you want those muscles to pop. So here's the thing, guys. Stick to the fucking program. I mean, don't get up at 3 o'clock in the morning and raid the fridge, raid the freezer. Don't be snacking. Like Steve says, if you must snack, have something super, super healthy. and then. It sounds a bit anal, but kind of like, you know, if you have an apple or a banana or something as a snack, make sure you're including those macros in your diet. Make sure you put go out and you do more cardio. 
make sure you compensate for those things. I mean, here's the thing, guys, and I, it's easy for me when I'm training for a strength competition, as I used to do a lot back in the day, because I have got big numbers I want to pick up. I've got big numbers I want to squeeze, and I need to put in the work, follow the program, so that the end result is I am doing those numbers at the end of my training. So on the day of the competition, I kick ass, and I'm picking up medals, I'm picking up trophies, I'm third, I'm second, or even better, I'm first. Now, how important is it to you that you look ripped for the beach? Super. I want to look amazing in photographs, mobster. I want, I want my, I want my abs to pop, Steve's me. Then stick to the fucking program. Do not get tempted. The second tip, which I also gave in the previous podcast, is as follows: If we talk about oral cycles being four, six, or eight weeks, let the cycle be the end part of a much longer process. So, for example, let's say it's a six-week cycle of uh, Anavar and Tebow. In this case, Steve then you could do six weeks preparatory work. Straight away, you start being tight with your diet. And this is the same as what competing athletes would do. I'm thinking of pro bodybuilders here, Steve. They start thinking about the competition diet 16 weeks out. What does that mean? It means they stop eating any junk. They stop going out. They start doing meal preps, uh, company usage. They start doing stuff in the house. They uh, have their food with them at all times so they don't get tempted to eat other things. And we're talking about the same process 12 weeks out from that beach holiday where you can do exactly the same thing, guys. You can start thinking that, all right, I need to tidy my diet up now. And then in six weeks' time, I'm going to introduce the Anavar and the Taranabol. And then at the end of the 12 weeks, oh, my God, it was worth it. Don't start doing crazy stuff in the middle because it's not time yet. Today's the day. Today's when you start a program. It's only six weeks from now that you're introducing performance enhancing drugs, and they're just going to aid the journey. They aren't the journey on themselves. If drug taking was the only thing, none of us would be in a gym. We just have huge arms, massive great quads, rip the fuck, and we need to do, we can sit around the house. No, you need to do the work and you need to stick to the program. That's my advice. Give them some advice and training from your point of view, Steve. So you can't go wrong with cardio until you overtrain it. So cardio is always a great thing. Um, you know, we're, we're trying to cut here. You want to keep your heart healthy, but once you overtrain, so don't go and hammer your body to death. Um, effective cardio is just like effective weight training. Um, don't go and do high intensity cardio every day for 15, 20 minutes. Cause you're going to, it's, it's going to wear too much tread on your tires. So do cardio smart, listen to your body, take breaks, recover good, sleep good, high intensity training is great as long as your body can tolerate it. So same thing with cardio and weight training. So it sounds like a cliche, but low weight, high rep, great idea on, on this, on this cycle, you'll get some good pumps. You'll, you'll leave the gym feeling great and you won't hammer your body. So if you're incapable of doing it that way, then you've got to check your ego out the door. Like if you're more, worried about impressing people and doing heavy weights, probably not a good idea because you'll wear your body out pretty quickly. So I would say on this cycle, focus more on moderate to low weights um, in terms of amount you're doing and also go high rep because high rep training really does a good job of wearing down that muscle during your training. And it also 
it's not in, as impactful as going in there. It's not as impactful on your discs, your soft tissues, your joints, as going in there like a gorilla and doing two, three reps, uh, uh, really, really heavy weight maxing out. So on this cycle, you definitely want to do it that way. I think you'll get really good results on that. And again, diet and training and cardio, very, very important on this cycle. You should have great results. If you do everything on point, I don't care how bad yes. your genetics are, you will have really good results on the cycle after six, seven weeks. So give it a shot, guys. Come on the forums. Do a log. We'd love to hear from you. So, Mobster, final thoughts? Take us a disclaimer. All right, guys. You're listening to this podcast, and you're taking this information. You're going to look at the show notes because you're after solid-ass advice. One of the comments I made in, in, in the IO13 applies on IO14, today's podcast. And it's as simple as this. Sometimes you will get advice from buddies down the gym, the local would-be guru, the guy that's selling you drugs, your your source, as you guys like to call him sometimes. And they will quite often look to sell you a drug or tell you advice. And perhaps it's given with good intentions, but it's sometimes not necessarily specific for your requirements. This cycle is a cutting cycle. I will see occasionally, guys, come on the forum, and they will say, this is how tall I am. This is what I weigh. I'm a, I'm a fella. I'm, I'm 43. I weigh 170 pounds. And these are the drugs I'm thinking of taking. And you go, okay. Now, I know that the drugs that they're taking are a bulking drug or a drying drug or whatever. But don't say that. They will say, this is the cycle I'm doing. What, what? Okay, guys, you need to have a purpose to the cycle. If, if a buddy at the gym said, these are the drugs you should take, you would have had a conversation with him about the purpose of the cycle. So if you come onto the forum and you want helpful advice, that advice must be given on the basis of we want to know what you're doing. What's your aim? If this, this is a drying cycle. So if you take these drugs and you follow the advice we're giving you, you're looking to get into shape. If you come on the forum and you don't know that a buddy's recommended a cycle and you're asking us about the cycle, make sure that you tell us that you're looking to get into shape. So for example, guys, if you're looking to dry out, you're looking for those muscles to pop, it's the same as this cycle, but someone's recommended D-Bowl, then we're going to tell you to take the D-Bowl, or we're going to tell you to lower the dose right down. So, guys, make sure that when you're talking about training, when you're talking about using performance-enhancing drugs, there is an aim. You can't just take drugs randomly and hope for the best. That way we can give you the best possible advice. We can point you in the way of, towards approved sources, we can help you with your diet. We can help you with your training. That way we give the best advice as we try to do in these podcasts. Please note, as always, we are not doctors and the opinions on these shows are hours and hours alone. It's our view and based on our experience and views on the topic. Our podcasts are for informational purposes and entertainment only. The freedom of speech and the First Amendment applies.